AFR On Demand is brought to you by Breck Golf. Try Beaver Creek today, just 20 minutes from downtown Baton Rouge in the Zachary area. They've got a PGA Tour driving range, a short game practice area, 30 to 40-yard practice shots. It's a great place to chip and putt and practice if you don't have time for a full round. Book your tee time today, golf.breck.org, golf.breck.org. Matt Moscona. I'm very important. After further review. Say one more time. After further review with Matt Moscona. And here we go. ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. <laughs> Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios. Hour two, off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. It's AFR. I'm Matt. You're a loser, Matt. Paul O'Neill. They're chanting Paul O'Neill's name. Muso. And Mr. Toby Tom Plate. All right, we're here. Glad you are as well. Get out there and make it a good one. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, one hour from right now. Paul Nolan will preview the divisional round of the playoffs with us at the bottom of this hour. Uh, the gigantic story this offseason around the New Orleans Saints, of course, is what is going to happen with former Saints coach Sean Payton. Uh, love the insight of former Saints GM Randy Mueller, who spent essentially his entire uh, adult professional life in front offices around football and uh, currently um, is the uh, director of player personnel with Seattle uh, sea Dragons of the XFL uh, does podcast for The Athletic as well, and Randy's good enough to join us here. Randy, we always appreciate a few minutes, man. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to be back with you. Thanks, Randy. We appreciate it, man. Um, if I ask you outside looking in as you've watched the Sean Payton sweepstakes unfold here over these last several weeks, do you have any like overarching observations of how this has all played out? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to, to, to view it with an open mind. We heard Sean's version of lay of the land uh, the other day on TV, and I'm not sure that coincides with Mickey Loomis' version, but okay. I understand Sean wants to, to get his narrative out there, so I get it. Um, I think at the end of the day, obviously, Mickey has to do what's right for the Saints, and so that may not be exactly what Sean wants, and I don't think Mickey can be swayed by that, by any public sentiment of any kind, or, or any desire of Sean. His loyalty is to the Saints, so he's got to get the best deal he can and I think that would lead us to, to Sean probably going outside the division for sure. So I'm not sure what all the Carolina stuff is really to be. I just don't see that happening. So there's a couple different things. Obviously, Sean has made it clear uh, of his stance and where he thinks things are. We'll see if time, te- time will tell if, if that's actually the truth. So I think that's a pr- it's a pretty fascinating point you brought up because I've been wondering this. Whose decision ultimately is it, Randy? Does does Sean Payton pick a team and then Mickey Loomis negotiates, or does the team negotiate a deal with with the Saints, and ultimately Loomis gets to pick where Payton goes? Well, I'm not sure how it's going to go down, but I do know that Mickey has a lot of respect for Sean. I know that he thinks that Sean deserves to go kind of where he wants to go, but Mickey's got to be careful in that he's the keeper of the Saints. So my my question is, I know we've seen all these teams reach out to get permission to talk to him. 
I think the price is going to be different depending on who the team is. So I guess it comes back at some point to a team saying, hey, we want to hire Sean. He wants to be with us. Now let's try to figure out a, a way to make it happen. And maybe at that point, Mickey can give a little wink to Sean on the side and say, hey, you're going to get there. But if I'm Sean Payton and I pick a place that I'm deciding to go and they want me, I don't want the asking price to be a whole bunch because that team is using the <laughs> tools to better our team. Right. So he's kind of set between a rock and a hard spot. His ego might say, hey, I'm worth two first-round picks, when in the, at the end of the day, I don't want him to give anything for him. So mm. that's why I think Mickey's got to decide what he wants. Is uh, So there's two different questions about compensation. One is the compensation for Sean Payton. We've seen the reports out there. You know, The Miami report a year ago was that they were willing to pay $100 million over four or five years, which would put the tag at 20 to $25 million per for Sean Payton. We know head coaching salaries don't have to be made public. Randy, is that even realistic? It would be the highest I've ever heard of, I'll be honest with you. I don't think that is a real possibility. I think Sean or his team would love to have that out there for sure. I think that's going to scare away 90% of the teams. And I've said from day one, when all of this came up, there's three things, right? There's compensation to the Saints, there's compensation to Sean, and then there's a front office structure that Sean is comfortable with. That eliminates, I'm telling you, about 28 of the teams. Mm. <laughs> the teams aren't going to do that. So maybe they have a new owner in Denver that's willing to acquiesce to all those demands, but most of the owners in the NFL will not be willing to do that. What about the uh, Randy Mueller is our guest. He's on Twitter at Randy Mueller underscore. Y'all give him a follow. What about the Saints compensation, Randy? If if you were on that side of the table, what does that look like? Well, I think whatever you're willing to settle with, uh, you've got to ask for more than that because there will be some negotiations. And I've heard Sean's version is that it's a mid to late round first, and that may be what it is. If it is, I'm asking for a lot more than that, and we're going to settle on something in between. So. I don't, I don't know what Mickey's going to do. Obviously, he's a good friend of mine, but we have not talked about any of these details. My guess is he'll ask for at least a first and then some other compensation as well. But again, it depends on where that first-round pick is and, and from within what, else, what other chips that team has to put on the table. For example, I, I don't think he will ever negotiate with Carolina. To me, that's suicide. You're putting them in the same division. It makes no sense. I don't care what they're willing to pay. So maybe they use that as a bargaining chip they is in the same to get more from somebody else i don't know what if carolina is willing to give you what you want and, and give you that that first round draft pick maybe it's next year's first round draft pick well i think he'll do better than that somewhere else again i don't i would anticipate the Saints stretching out the the uh, compensation that they'll get for sean payton i think it's a true value um i noticed that sean mentioned this in his interview the other day that if it's next year it's going to change I took that as a shot over the bow to the Saints. In other words, maybe it'll be less next year. I don't see that being a threat to, to the Saints having to acquiesce to taking a lesser deal just because it's going to be a lot less two years from now. I don't see that being the case. Mm. Randy, is Sean Payton worth it as a GM? Do you think he's worth it? Well, I like Sean. I know a lot about him, obviously, because my people are all still in and around the Saints. I would not do that, and I don't think in a, a lot of owners would either. I just think it is great to have a coach. Um, I want him to coach. I don't want another general manager. I don't want anybody pulling strings behind the scenes, but that's my personal opinion. I do know that Sean says he's willing to work with whoever. I just know the personality, and I don't know how that's going to go. He had an ideal situation in New Orleans because 
as we know, Mickey came up in the salary cap side, so he gives Sean a lot of rope on the football side. These other places that we're talking about have GMs who are football people. Uh, George Payton in Denver, Scott Fitterer in Charlotte. These guys have legitimate football careers and resumes in building teams. So I don't know how much input Sean's going to uh, necessarily acquire when he takes one of these gigs. So it's going to be one where he's going to have shared authority, in my opinion, and, and be a partner. And, and that, that kind of makes me nervous, to be honest with you. Do you have a, a, I don't, a, a guess, uh, a feel on how this all ultimately resolves itself and where Sean Payton ends up next year, assuming that he is coaching next year? If I was a betting man, and I, I don't have any inside knowledge, let me just say that. Sure. I think the Denver situation might make the most sense. George Payton, I know he worked for me in Miami, a good man and willing to set aside his own ego. I think he would move to the side and allow Sean to have bells and whistles and authority and all that. Plus, you've got a new ownership group that really wants to make a splash and and have a positive effect on what was a miserable, bad season. The other thing is, and, and you probably remember this, when Russell Wilson was leaving Seattle, he made a list of four or five teams he was willing to be traded to. The Saints were on that list. And they were on that list for a reason. It's because Sean Payton was the head coach. So there has to be some connection there at some point. At least there's admiration and respect. So I don't think that the uh, the fact that Russell Wilson was so bad this year eliminates everybody from wanting to take that job. Uh, we remember it well. Talked about it a lot here, that, uh, that yep. Russell Wilson situation. Hey, Randy, one more before you go. Uh, if I could ask you a question about, about the Saints, and I mean, obviously you're not in, inside the organization any longer, but... They seem to be taking an approach that is uh, contrary to what money, many teams in the NFL do today, which is they're being patient. They're retaining Dennis Allen. They're apparently retaining Pete Carmichael as well. Um, do you think, outside of looking in, that the Saints need more of a shakeup than what apparently is coming this offseason? I don't know about that. I think they've had a lot of success. They think they have a really good track record. Knowing Mickey as well as I do, I mean, he's a brother of mine forever. I know he's going to be patient. I know it's going to be process-oriented, all their decisions. And I don't think they're going to be swayed by one mediocre year or less than mediocre year, depending on how you look at it. I just know the way they operate. So it doesn't surprise me that they've made very few changes. Um, at some point, maybe you see different eyes come in the front office because it's been the same plan forever. And sometimes I always used to like to have a, an independent set of eyes evaluate my teams, even when I was the GM, to keep me on. Mm. Maybe that happens. I have no clue. But I know this. They're not going to make knee-jerk reactions based on what fans might think in the short term. He is Randy Mueller. It is always insightful when you get a chance to talk to a guy that's been an NFL general manager and has you know, 30, 40 years experience in pro football. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to sell you short a decade there, Randy. Uh, make sure, right. make I've sure. earned this gray hair, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's on, well, I have no hair, so at least you're doing better than me. Uh, he's on Twitter at Randy Mueller underscore. Y'all gave him a follow. Randy, we always appreciate a couple of minutes, man. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care. All right, it's our pleasure. That's Randy Mueller. How about that? So he thinks Denver, lean again. No, it's and, – and, Fair to mention that he has no insight there, not making you know, breaking news or anything like that. Just his opinion, like we all can have an opinion. And Denver makes the most sense, especially with that late late first round pick. Uh, the thing that I thought was most interesting there was him saying, "There's no way that he would negotiate with Carolina at all." There's if you're Mickey Loomis, and that does, in many respects, um, suggest that 
Mickey has more of the leverage here than Sean. It's not like Sean. That's what I've wondered. Does Sean pick his spot and then says, okay, now go do, do a deal with the Saints? Or is it really what, what deal can get done between Mickey Loomis and whoever the GM is that's trying to hire the Saints? The other thing I hadn't considered is, and he's right. Of course he's right, but if you're Sean Payton, you don't want the team to give up a lot for you because that's the team you're going to. And then you're you're inheriting a team now with fewer assets because of what it took to acquire you. So that, that is um, what an interesting uh, web that is being woven here with the Sean Payton situation. I mean, he, we've all said it, right? I mean, he had a great situation in New Orleans. Uh, wanted to step away, needed that recharge, got it. But what situation will he find wherever is next? Um, and you're really just a... You are a product of the market. You don't you don't get to pick one of thirty two. You get to pick one of whichever small number of teams looking for a coach wants you that fits the criteria you're looking for. So maybe not uh, the most ideal situation. Uh, Denver would be fine with me. Get them out of the NFC. Go far, far away. Go win somewhere else. And yes, we would love all of those assets. Thank you. Okay, uh, it's after further review. Quick break. We'll come back. I want to grade LSU's portal uh, season. By the way, if you missed it. Told you in the last hour that LSU has added another linebacker, an all a first team all Pac-12 linebacker out of Oregon State. Omar Spates is uh, officially an LSU Tiger. We'll get to some uh, portal grades when we come back. It's AFR. AFR. AFR is brought to you by Clegg's Nursery, four locations in the Greater Baton Rouge area, and a great time to get by Clegg's because winter. And I get it, it was like eighty degrees yesterday, but we're getting down into the thirties as we get closer to the weekend. But winter is the time to plant. Trees and shrubs, shade trees, fruit trees, not not citrus trees, but other fruit trees like pear trees. It's a great time to plant those trees right now at Clegg's. Got magnolia trees and bushes as well right now at Clegg's Nursery and shipments arriving every single week. So you get a replenished inventory. So even if you were at Clegg's a week ago or so, get on back. And remember at Clegg's, they're partner with True Value Hardware Store. So anything you'd find at True Value Hardware Store, you'll also find at Clegg's. So if you're a green thumb or you're checking off that honeydew list, they're the best. They're a local company that's run by local people. They've been around for 60 years. They've got Johnny Naylor Seeds. It's Clegg's Nursery. Any of the four locations. Buy local, shop local, and be sure to tell them Matt sent you to Clegg's Nursery. After further review with Matt Moscona, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. All right, Paul Nolan's going to be with us here a little more than 10 minutes from right now. We'll preview uh, divisional round, excuse me, in uh, the NFL playoff uh, coming up this weekend. And Stephen A. Smith in 40 minutes. Uh, Stephen A. to start hour number three. We're looking forward to that. So I stumbled across uh, a piece earlier today at ESPN.com, and it was grading the transfer portal season for all of the way-too-early top 25 for next college football season. So naturally, I scroll down to LSU, who they have eighth in the uh, in the way-too-early top 25 for next season, which I, I think is appropriate. We've talked about that a lot. I think LSU and Florida State are going to meet next year in Orlando as a as a preseason top 10 team. And you know, for LSU and whatever their opportunities are going to be, you know, to be a, a national title contender next year, they are, again, LSU's got the fifth best odds. It's early, and rosters are going to change between now and the start of next season, but LSU's got the fifth best odds 
to win the national championship next year. So they are a preseason contender. So you have to have these types of conversations. So LSU 8th um, in the way too early top 25. They rank LSU's biggest departure is Walker Howard. Uh, the biggest newcomer, they mention Aaron Anderson and J.K. Johnson. I'm going to touch on that because I'm not sure, so sure that I agree. Um, remaining holes, they mention the, the defensive line as the remaining holes. And um, Tom Van Herren gave LSU a B plus. Um, essentially said it would have been higher, but losing Walker Howard knocks you down a peg. But still a B plus, which I think is, is very solid, probably a fair grade. But I'm not so sure I agree with any of the assessments there. Uh, if you look at LSU's transfer portal class, uh, Tigers had 17 players uh, leave LSU and 11 players come in. And I think the way that I would think of it is or the way that I would grade it. And you can put a grade, a letter grade, however you want. But I would say, did you address your needs with starting caliber players, not project players, starting caliber players, because that's the that's the purpose of the portal, isn't it? The fact that if you if you're LSU a year ago and you lose Elias Ricks and Dwight McLaughlin to the portal and Cordell Flott goes pro and you have no cornerbacks, no worries. Go get Jark Bernard Converse, a four year starter at Oklahoma State who was all Big Twelve, right? Like that's the point of the portal. Go get a starting caliber player. You need offensive linemen? Cool. Miles Frazier, freshman All-American. Tremont Shorts, FCS All-American. Boom. Now, it's not to say every player is going to pan out, but you're supplementing your roster with starting caliber players. That's the point of the portal right now. So I looked at LSU and looked at the roster and said, okay, well, where did you need help? Well, you certainly needed a, a deep threat wide receiver. We knew that a deep threat wide receiver and a guy that could help you in special teams in the return game. Boom. First guy they added was Aaron Anderson. That was a no-brainer. A guy that's a former five-star. Brian Kelly's talked about wanting guys from Louisiana. He had was a one-time LSU commit when Ogeron got fired. He decommitted, ended up signing with Bama. That's a home run. Now, we'll see if it pans out on the field, but as far as checking the boxes of what you were looking for, Aaron Anderson's a no-doubter. Cornerback was the other massive spot, I think, that they needed help because you'll you got a whole bunch of one-year guys last year. Makai Gardner, Jark Bernard Converse, Colby Richardson, dudes, one-and-done one and dudes, okay? So you had to remake your cornerback room again, especially after losing Demarius McGee and Radarius Jones. So you had to remake it again, and you did so with elite talent, all with more than a year of eligibility. The fact that you went out and you got Denver Harris, who was a five-star. You got Deuce Chestnut who was all ACC at Syracuse. You add J.K. Johnson, who's a starter at Ohio State. That's not even counting Zy Alexander, who was an FCS All-American. Again, guy from Louisiana, 6'3", long, long corner, exactly what you're looking for in, um, in a cornerback. So check the box there. You needed, you maybe the biggest portal need was you had to address defensive line. We, we all know that we talked about it all year. They basically had a three-man rotation on the interior. It was Makai Wingo, Jaqueline Roy, Jacoby, and Guillory. That was basically it. They got creative. Sometimes they moved Ali Gay inside. But you basically had three true defensive tackles as part of your rotation. You had to go get bodies. Jordan Jefferson from West Virginia, starting caliber player. Paris Shand from Arizona, three-year player there. 
Uh, Jalen Lee, Louisiana guy from Florida. Again, a 330-pound dude who's going to be a big run stuffer in the middle. So, again, you addressed what you needed on the interior. We talked about Jack Linebacker. B.J. Ojolari goes pro. You're expecting Harold Perkins to be an inside backer. Uh, Desmond Little leaves in the transfer portal as well. You need you need Jack Linebackers. Xavier Carter transfers out. You need Jack Linebackers. You need edge players. Well, they go get Braden Swinson, a three-year player at Oregon, and then Ovia Gofu, who's going to be a sixth-year guy who Brian Kelly had at Notre Dame, super productive, was the Big 12 Newcomer of the Year a season ago. So emphatic, check, check, check. They're, they're checking all the boxes. The one spot where I would say when you lose Demario Tolan, you lose Colby Fields, you lose Micah Baskerville. When you you lost all of these inside linebackers, Mike Jones goes pro, you were super thin at linebacker. You had, I would have said, and I was prepping this. Like actually today when I was prepping, I put two needs. One was inside linebacker and the other is on the offensive line because now we know you've lost five offensive linemen. You're going to need to supplement there and they'll have an opportunity to do that later. But linebacker, they addressed, and we got that news today. Omar Spates, uh, who was, I mean, not only a starter, but an all Pac-12 inside linebacker at Oregon State uh, has transferred to LSU and is going to be going through spring at, and is on campus now at LSU. 6'1", 227, played four years at Oregon State. The COVID year obviously doesn't count for him, so he's got two more years remaining at LSU if he wants to play. You know, as a recruit, he was um, you know, he's from the state of Oregon. He was the number 72 inside linebacker in the country. So a, a three-star player who went to Oregon and became a four-year player and a two-year starter, a team captain, um, and you know, a year ago had a very productive season when he became all Big 12. I'm excuse me, all all Pac 12. So you're talking about a team captain, all Pac 12, inside linebacker, even if he doesn't become a starter, if your starters are Greg Penn, Harold Perkins, if the third guy, the rotational guy who a year ago we you know, thought would have been DeMario Tolan, or a month ago we thought that would have been DeMario Tolan, well now instead of a second-year player in DeMario Tolan, it's a fifth-year guy who's got major FBS experience, who's been a starter in all-conference, like, check, right? You, you've checked that box now at linebacker. You could probably use another body, but you've certainly checked that box. And I will tell you the only thing they have remaining that they have to address would be on the offensive line, which is something we discussed, right? With with uh, with four guys entering the portal, on the or sorry, five players entering the portal on the offensive line, and with one player going pro, you know, and Anthony Bradford declaring for the draft. You've got six guys that you like on the offensive line that can play, that have played, and then everybody after that has no experience. I get it; you got to get experience at some point, but you're going to need another couple of bodies that have played at this level before. And I think that's something they'll try to address in the next portal window. But keep an eye on offensive line. I would say that's the only spot. That's the only spot on this roster where I go, man, you know, you're an injury away from being in, in a sticky spot. Everywhere else, they've got depth. They've got talent. They've got starting caliber players. They've got experience. You know, LSU is a legit contender in 2023 on, on paper they got to go play it out, and you're going to have to play an SEC schedule and all that stuff. But, I mean, I'll point out again, someone asked me today, you know, do you think LSU, a 10-win season next year is realistic? Well, just play it out this year. You, you 
replace Tennessee as you're rotating cross divisional. You replace Tennessee with Missouri. I, that's an inherently winnable game going up to Como. Um, yes, you have to go to Alabama, but you know the game you lost at Texas A&M. Now you get in Baton Rouge, where you're going to be favored. Those two games right there, where you lost Tennessee and Texas A&M, I think those two games flip in your favor. Now maybe Bama flips in their favor since you have to go to Tuscaloosa, but I also believe LSU will likely be favored against Florida State. So I think you could be just just there on paper alone. You're two games better than you were a year ago. Even if you lose at Bama, but you you beat you, know, you win the A and M game at home, you're able to beat Florida State. You beat Mizzou where you lost to Tennessee. That's a net game net plus of two games. I mean that's eleven wins. I mean you're in the mix. You are in the mix next year on paper. Now they got to go deliver and execute and grow and develop all that stuff. But boy, there's a lot of reasons to be very optimistic about this LSU team and the portal. Uh, season they just had is a big reason. Brian Kelly and his staff have clearly shown they are adept at uh, at roster evaluation and and maintaining this roster and knowing where their needs are and addressing them. They, I think they had a very, very successful portal season, which is going to make this team even more uh, hyped going into this offseason than into 2023. All right, it's after further review. We're glad to have you aboard with us here. Let me knock out a quick break. We'll come back. A division around the NFL playoffs is this weekend. Our buddy Paul Nolan from freewinners.net jumps aboard with us next on AFR. AFR. AFR is brought to you by River Cities. One hour air where they're always on time or you don't pay a dime. 752-0001, or onehourbr.com. I tell you all the time to read the reviews. They got more than double the amount of five-star reviews of the next closest competitor. It's one of the reasons I always encourage you to go see what people are saying. Uh, John Saris gave a five-star review, said, extremely professional, courteous, and knowledgeable. Everything was explained before and after the repair and maintenance. Thank you, River Cities, for a great experience. It's River Cities One Hour Air. Look for the big yellow vans and trucks with the giant clock on the side. Y'all, it's going to be 30 this weekend. It was 80 yesterday. If you're jockeying back and forth from your heater to your AC and you have an issue with either, no worries. Call River Cities One Hour Air. 752-0001. Mention the Moscona special. They'll always save you 25 bucks off your system repair just for mentioning the show. It's River Cities, one hour air, 752-0001. After further review with Matt Moscona, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. All right, uh, Thursday at 4.30 Central Time. Time to be joined by our buddy Paul Nolan from freewinners.net. Paul, a week ago, gave us uh, Baltimore as his free play. That did, in fact, hit with uh, the Ravens, who darn near pulled the outright upset if Tyler Huntley doesn't reach the ball over the goal line, resulting in a 98-yard scoop and score by uh, by Sam Hubbard. Who knows? Uh, Paul, we appreciate it as always. How are you? I'm excellent, my friend. How you guys doing? Been doing fantastic. You gotta love this time of year, man. NFL playoffs. The games are so good. It's just, uh, um, it's just so much fun to have this type of anticipation. Looking forward, divisional round. We got four games. Uh, let's just take them one at a time. Kind of get a thumbnail and get some thoughts here. Uh, how about Jacksonville with the comeback, Paul? Like, what do you do for an encore? Well, congrats. You get to go uh, take on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah. There at uh, there at Arrowhead. Is this a game where you think Jacksonville uh, has a shot to go on the road? And maybe make make this thing a game. 
yeah, why not? You know, I mean, look, you saw the way they kept it together, you know, after the first four interceptions. I mean, that's pretty impressive. You give up, you have four interceptions, and and if you way they, you saw the way the Chargers were were coming downhill and just attacking every one of those underneath routes. And the fact that the adjustments didn't come sooner was pretty surprising to me. But what it still says to me is that Peterson and his staff did a good job making adjustments, and more importantly, they kept the team believing. They kept them cool. And he said it at the halftime interview. We just got to grind away. Just got to keep grinding away. And you think about how that half kind of like. The second quarter, you know, like Agnew takes that kickoff to the 50, sparks the Jags, right? And then Samuel gets the fourth pick at the 30. And you're thinking, that's it. It's got to be over here. You know, it's, you know, and the Jags get a stop and right, LA punch and the Jags muff it, you know, at the eight. <laughs> and then they get another field goal, go up 27, nothing. You, now you're thinking, it's got to be it. You know, it's got, it's got to be over at this point. But then they make Lawrence, you know, hits uh, Marvin Jones on fourth and one to the 25. And boom, they get the touchdown. And all of a sudden, there's a little momentum. I've talked about it for years. That last score before the half, the really the four minutes, you know, before the half, the four minutes after the, the halftime, so much changes in that time. So it was pretty impressive to me to see him end up with, Lawrence ends up with 288 yards and four touchdown passes. You know, it's a testament to the coaching staff and the growth of this young player. That, that Let's be honest, we're, you know, we need some new stars in this league, yeah. and this could be the dawning of one, uh, you know? Certainly, certainly the case. I, you could say the same about Joe Burrow, that Justin yep. Herbert, that the future of the league at the quarterback position seems in really good hands. One of the other interesting ones, Paul, is is old Danny Dimes there in your neck of the woods up in New York. I mean, what a difference a coach makes there with Brian Dayball. One of the interesting storylines every year in the playoffs, and especially since the divisional round expanded, or the, the divisions expanded back in, uh, in realignment in 2002, is when a team has to play a divisional opponent for the third time. And the underdogs, Paul, have an incredible record in these games. So here's the Giants now getting seven and a half, going on the road to Philly. Jalen Hurts is, you know, who knows how healthy he is. Am I crazy for for really liking New York in this spot? Well, you know what? I think uh, I think the market's kind of overreacting a little bit to the Giants, considering okay. the fact they did it, you know, against really a Minnesota team that had absolutely no answers for any crossing schemes across the board. That secondary, I think five different quarterbacks had their own personal best QBR Um you know, of their careers this year against that secondary. That secondary has been bad. Um, so I, I, you know what? And I also think that, you know, if if they didn't, if the Eagles didn't come limping in, I, you know, I, I feel as though that, you know, we'd probably be seeing um, a much bigger number here, to be honest with you. When you look at strength on strength and the matchups, look, this giant offensive line, not great. Um, who gets more pressure and more sacks? Nobody. This Eagle team is relentless up front. You know, Evan Neal, you know, his, Obviously, the rookie looks exhausted. Yeah, he looks overwhelmed. I think he's going to be fine down the road, but he looks like a, you know he just it's it's too much of a grind for him to play that whole season. He looks like I got a feeling he's going to get his butt whooped. Mm. And I think AJ Brown is also a different matchup in, a, in its own right. Verse the way the Giants did a great job bracketing uh, Justin Jefferson in that game last week. I mean, they did a phenomenal job. I mean, and the secondary looked better on the Dory Jackson. You know, he's a great player when he's healthy, and he looked healthy. And, you know, Xavier McKinney wears the green dot. He came in, looked better. But this is a completely different animal right now, in my opinion, just because, you know, the the dual threat with Jalen Hurts being able to run, I think it's going to free safeties a little bit. So you're not crazy because seven and a half is a nice number to get. That hook feels good, yeah. uh, especially, like as you said, against you know, division rivals who hate each other. And I think the fair thing to say about this giant team is, 
it's coached to perfection. And I think more importantly that people don't really know this locker room loves each other. I mean, they love each other. This locker room is so connected. And so the, the brotherhood in that locker room is so uh, – it's fun to watch the the pressers with them. It's it's a really good group. But Eagles have a lot of that too. There's a lot of – you know, it's funny. When you have teams that you can see those love each other and they'll fight to the death for one another, they stand up for each other. It goes a long way when – you know, the I think it was an old Eisenhower quote, right? It's amazing how far you can go when no one's looking for the credit. Yeah, man. Um, I always love we get Eisenhower quotes and we get the Step Brothers poster behind Paul. Yeah, Dolan. Right. I mean, that's what you get when you get Paul Dolan here. Uh, and you can get a free I'm a complicated we- man. <laughs> you can get a free weekend of picks as well when you text the word free. Text the word free F R E E to three one three get info three one three get info. That's three one three four three eight four six three six. Paul and the crew will give you a full free weekend of their picks. Great time with the divisional round. Hey, Paul, let's talk about Sunday's games. Um, of course, everybody down here is cheering for Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the Bengals, just yeah. obviously with the LSU connection. But, man, I can imagine how emotional this is going to be. It's the game that we didn't get to see on Monday Night Football after DeMar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest on the field. Bengals at Bills. It's it's 2 o'clock Central, CBS on Sunday. Man, I, there's a lot emotionally to unpack along with just how great these two football teams are. Where do you lean going into that game on Sunday? Yeah, that's uh, this is interesting, right? I mean, to me, you got a perfect weather game. It looks like this in the forecast right now. It's light snow, no wind, thirty-three degrees, just the dusting. Um, so you're not, you know, Joe Burrow. Also, obviously, you know, this kid is so cool under pressure. You know, he's four and one in these playoff games. He's been in big games. He nothing phases or rattles him. He's just so calm. He's so cool. He's so collected. Um, you know, he's seven and zero in games in freezing weather, so, at least under four, thirty-eight degrees, I believe. So. The weather won't have any factor on this thing. Last week, he faces a, you know, a Baltimore team that, again, you talk about familiarity and Harbaugh's coaching. You know, they they were real. They're really a good matchup for the Bengals. So I think the market's a little bit down on on the Bengals and Burrow, but I know the market's down on the Bills too. I've heard a lot of people talking about, you know, what a disaster this offense is and how with Dayball gone, um, Josh Allen has kind of reverted back to his mistakes and. You know, I, it's funny to see two great teams, both with the market down against them right now. It's pretty interesting, and I, but I do think the market has overreacted a little bit to the offensive line issues. Uh, when you consider that, you know, Jonah Williams actually, you know, his his replacement Jackson Carmen is not is look Jonah Williams has not been playing great this year. He's been beat quite a bit. Um, but now let's talk about him being able to maybe play, giving it a go. Yeah, he had the dislocated kneecap, but you know it's a soft tissue issue where they can shoot him up, and he's not going to do any further damage. And he should, he might be able to go in this be a replacement. And I think right now with the line of five and a half, feels like a pretty good value to take Cincy right now. But I, there's so many systems that tell me that. Man, the Bills are in a really good position too. So I'm, I'm not fully decided on this one yet. If it's okay for me to say that on yeah. air, um, I'm kind of waiting on injury reports before I make a final decision. I I, I just don't want to mislead anybody in any direction and bet my bet if if I'm not fully certain of it just yet. So sure. that's one of the reasons why I love it when people text. Uh, I can give them the game Saturday morning Sunday game on the text service where I'm up to date. Like I and I'll be. It's just better than. You know, me winging it now, I feel so much more comfortable uh, in certain situations. Sometimes I'll, I'm going to play the line based on a no value, and I and I know that the line's going to move with, with some wise guys and groups mm-hmm. that I know who are going to bet. Um, 
this one here, no. I, I'm kind of waiting it out. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back. I want to ask you about uh, one more about the Giants and, and the Eagles, but I'll come back to that. Uh, Dallas goes out to San Francisco. And, Paul, you and I talked a bit, a bit about this, that be it Dallas or Tampa, they were going to be at a disadvantage this week having to travel on a short week. So the Niners yeah. get an extra day. Dallas is had to play on Monday and now has to go across the country. I'm looking at the Niners laying four thinking, uh, okay, uh, I'll put my kid through college on that one. I mean, what is is that? I don't want to overreact to the to the day yeah. that that Dallas had on Monday night. They looked incredible, but how do you? Uh, what's your early feel on on uh, on the final game of the weekend? Yeah, um, well, my my early feel on this one is the under. I I, I think the under is a really good value on okay. this thing. Um, you know, I caught it. You know, when this line broke and I and I saw there were forty sevens out there, I got a little piece at forty seven, and it's forty six in a lot of places, forty six and a half. I I still think that's a pretty good value here, okay. based on the fact that look, I know the weather's supposed to be good, uh, fifty one degrees, six to ten mile an hour winds as of now, but uh, this cowboy team has had its problems with. When you know they face a good pass rush, they do a great job in protecting, you know, um, Dak overall. Only 28 sacks against, but you know, I I just think Bosa is going to have a nice little. I think he'll have a little advance because he's cool with going to either side of the. Well, in fact, both of these, Mika Parsons and Joey Bosa, both are capable of playing both sides of the line. They both like to bounce back and forth. In fact. Parsons is 60% uh, against left tackles and Bosa is 60% against right tackles. But I think we're going to see them on their offside mostly. And I think you'll see Parsons against Mike McGlinchey, who's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not terrible. He's a, he's a good, he's a good tackle in this game. And uh, you know, he's, he, he can play and he, he did a great job against them last uh, year when they played in the playoffs. And I, I think he'll be, he'll hold his own. I think both offense are going to kind of stay on schedule here. I don't think you're going to see a lot of big play- but I do think Cowboys are going to have to live and die on those intermediate passing routes. And I think they're going to keep their offense on schedule that way because the secondary can be beat in San Fran. Uh, Javarius Ward kind of uh, was having a phenomenal year until Metcalf kind of had his way with him last week. And he's bounced back very well this year. But I do feel like there is a soft spot a little bit, if you can call it one. Um, San Fran's only made bugaboo maybe that that's secondary, but they don't have the blitz. They can really scheme, and I think it's a coaching mismatch here. Um, I think Shanahan's nights and, night and day above Mike McCarthy. So I like this game to be okay. tight, close, and um, I think three and a half, four is the right number. Um, so I'm not feeling any real value there, but I think under is a good, solid play. If, if people are afraid to call and they're not comfortable, you know, I completely understand, but I can promise you we won't put you on a call list. We're not going to sell you data. Everything's private. Everything's honorable. So we won't we won't betray your listeners, Matt. You know, uh, it'll stay in house, and uh, you know, we'll do the right thing. You know, we just we'll give them our free picks, and hopefully we can you know put our money where our mouth is and prove to them that we're good people and good at what we do. Man, you had an awesome year, Paul, in the NFL. And I, look, I'll obviously vouch for it. Uh, when Paul first started coming on the show, I, I did exactly what he said. I, I used the text line, got the picks texted to me. You could do it. Text uh, the word free to 313 get info text the word free f-r-e-e to 313 get info that's 313-438-4636 i'll send you the picks for the weekend you can play them and uh i mean seriously paul congratulations but you had an awesome awesome nfl season and obviously gave our listeners the uh, the ravens last week which which hit and uh lean here to the under in dallas san francisco i'm looking at 46 at DraftKings. paul you said there's maybe some 46 and a halfs out there somewhere 
Yeah, I've seen some 46 and a halfs out right. there. In fact, um, looking at my screen right now, um, BetUS has 46 and a half. I don't know if we could say that on here. Oh, uh, sure. FanDuel in New Jersey has got 46 and a half. I don't want to you know, go against any of your advertisers, but there's some values out there. I'm just curious what Natchez has right now. They usually have some <laughs> yeah. soft numbers. Yeah, you'd have to get uh, – we'll see what the what, uh, Ott says. Uh, he'll, you know, he'll, be, uh, all right. he'll, be, he'll <laughs> be up there for sure. Um, all right, Paul, hey, wait, real quick, last thing. Oh, I'm super short on time. Real quick, um, in less than a minute, do you think Giants, Eagles, do you think that line moves? Do you think we might might see it get to eight? Yeah, I do. I think okay. a lot of wise guys are playing the Eagles right now because the market's kind of depressed against them a little bit. And I think there's some value in this game. But, uh, okay. yeah, absolutely, uh, I think that line's going to move, so hold out there. But if they guys text me, 313, get info, free. I promise I'll give my best bets all week, including NBA tonight. Uh, he is Paul Nolan. Text the word free to 313-GET-INFO. That's 313-438-4636. Paul, you're the best, man. We appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Have a great day. All right. Be well. We'll talk again next week, and we'll be pre- previewing a championship Sunday uh, in the NFL. We're not going to break. Muse will wrap up the hour with Tigers in the pros. Don't you move. AFR. AFR is brought to you by Darren James and Associates, brokered by EXP Realty. Every home listed by every company, all in one place, agent225.com. I really want you to do this. I want you to take a quick second and do this. I want you to text the word PLAN, P-L-A-N, text the word PLAN to 88000. That's 88000. I tell you all the time, Darren James has a 150-point marketing plan to get your home sold faster for more money. And he will show you that plan. This isn't made up. Text the word PLAN, P-L-A-N, to 88000. That's text the word PLAN, P-L-A-N, to 88000, and you'll get an immediate text back with a PDF of uh, or a Dropbox link to Darren's marketing plan. You can see exactly the detail that Darren and his team use to get your home sold faster for more money, and Darren James always guarantees. Call Darren or any one of his team members. You are guaranteed to get a response within 15 minutes, guaranteed. It's Darren James, agent225.com. After further review with Matt Moscona, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. All right, wrapping up hour number two, Stephen A. Smith in 10 minutes. Uh, Right now, Muso as Tigers in the pros. Tigers in the pros. They still bleed purple and gold. They're just really rich now. Presented by Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry. Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry, where Baton Rouge gets engaged. I actually want to start with golf today. Because Sam Burns and Ben Taylor are tearing it up Got at him. the American Express. So they play this they play this tournament on three different courses. Both Sam Burns and Ben Taylor are playing the toughest course today. Son of a bugger. And Sam Burns is tied for second. He's eight under par through 13 holes. Shot 29 on the front. Let's go. 29 on the front nine. So far, eight birdies, no bogeys for Sam Burns. Again, tied for second. Ben Taylor, also playing PGA West Stadium course, the toughest of the three, is five under par through 12 holes. Ben Taylor, after bogey number four, rattled off four straight birdies to shoot 33 on on the front. Then birdied 10 and 11 to get to five under par. He's tied for 21st. So that's a heck of a way to start your tournament uh, if you are both Sam Burns and Ben Taylor. On to the NBA, where last night Tari Eason contributed 19 minutes off the bench for the Houston Rockets. 
shot three of 11 from the floor. One of those was a three, seven points in all for Tari. Five rebounds and an assist round out his night's night. The Rockets lost again. And uh, Nas Reed, starting role for Nas last night for the Timberwolves. 26 minutes, four of nine, nine of 10 from the stripe. 17 points in all. He would add three rebounds, two assists, block three shots. Again, a little bit of foul trouble and with five personals, but overall plus two. Solid night for Nas. The Nuggets downed the Timberwolves. So that is Tigers and the Pros. Presented by Lee Michaels. Fine Jewelry, LMFJ.com. That's LMFJ.com for Lee Michaels. Fine Jewelry. Gentlemen, thrill her with a gift in the red box. Uh, no matter your budget, style, preference, you will always get the Lee Michaels experience with two locations in Baton Rouge, corporate in Bocage, and in the Mall of Louisiana. It's Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry, LMFJ.com. That's LMFJ.com for Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry. Um, how about this? Remember when uh, Cam Jordan was uh, accused of faking an injury? Yet, you know, the guy that in his entire decade-plus career has missed two games, one because of COVID, which was a farce, and the second because he broke a bone in his eye and he didn't even want to miss a game. They accused that guy of faking an injury, um, and they were going to fine him $50,000. Well, uh, Cam Jordan has won his appeal against the NFL. Uh and the truth and the truth shall set you free. Uh, thank goodness uh, for that. Um, some things just make way too much sense. So Cam Jordan wins his appeal against the NFL. That's fantastic news. All right, it's after further review. Speaking of the Saints, uh, Randy Mueller was with us earlier this hour. Great conversation about you know, how, from a GM's perspective, how you handle the, the Sean Payton situation. Um, but I do want to look ahead for the Saints. The latest on Payton and um, you know was, in hindsight, that trade to, re- to get Chris Olave worth it. Oh, we'll get to all that. Coming up right after Sports Center, Stephen A. Smith joins us next. AFR. AFR. AFR is brought to you by Mold Zero USA, Mold Zero USA.com. Always encourage you to get to the website. It's a great resource for you if you want to learn more about the patented non toxic dry fog treatment that I keep telling you about. You can go to Mold Zero USA.com. It'll kill mold and remove odors. Yes, it kills mold, but dozens of other pathogens as well. So learn more at mold-0usa.com, mold-0usa.com. It's pretty easy, y'all. They come in, they spray their fog, you let the fog dwell, kills the mold and all the spores, eliminates odor. As soon as the fog dissipates, you're free and clear to go back in your home, your office building, which will be clean, mold-free, fresh-smelling, removing all odors. It's Mold Zero. Mold-0USA.com. Give Jim Woodworth and the gang call over at Mold Zero, servicing the entire greater Baton Rouge and greater New Orleans areas online. Mold-0USA.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.